I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. So there's a reason why I started Blood of Richards. And that reason is simple that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name my is. Name. <laughs> Does my hair look okay? It's my name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. <laughs> Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Mm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a, a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. That's all. Okay. What's your loudness, Liz? Jack's loud, is he? I'm not very loud. I don't I feel like I'm very loud. I've got a very soft voice. Robbie, could I have more volume, please? Unique New York. What number were you? Three, I think. Oh I think gosh. I was three. La, la, a La Jolla man la, la, clings la, la, to life <laughs> after being viciously attacked by <laughs> a pack of wild dogs. Red <laughs> lorry, yellow lorry, red lorry. That's, Look, listen, that's we've impressive. hit record already, people. Uh, so, yeah, I'd probably start. Giving a really good overview of the three of you. I'm sorry, who are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sipping on wine at that's 12 in the afternoon. It's a great fruity wine. 12.02, as my kids would say. It's not 12 o'clock. It's 12.02. Okay. Why would they say that? Welcome back to Africa, boys. Welcome back. Why would they say that? Because they are, when, I, when we typically say, oh, it's, 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 you know, it's 8 o'clock you know, for bedtime. And Eli will look and he goes, no, it's not. It's 7.58. <laughs> so, um, Lewis... Yes, sir. Thomas, welcome back. Last time we were together, we were in halfway around the world, New Zealand. New Zealand, yeah. And we had some, some. I had some Zoom recorder issues because mm-hmm. I couldn't figure out how to get it out of stereo. But I have since YouTubed it, and we are out of stereo, as you can tell. Thank God for YouTube. You have dandruff now, as I see. Wow, <laughs> Jesus Christ! He's been but saving that one for days. Come in with the shin kicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. You didn't have dandruff the last time I saw you. You oh, said it sweet. like it's a compliment. Listen, yeah. Lewis, Lewis has taken some pretty big shots the last couple of days, hasn't he? Yeah. Mainly from Patrick. Makes a change. Yep. Jack, welcome. Thank last you. Last time we chatted, again. New Zealand. 
little different weather. Yeah. Slightly different view. What's Jack, what's Jack got now? What's Jack? Huh? Jack's looking... What's Jack got Jack's now? got tattoos. Yeah. Last yeah. time I saw Jack, he didn't have tattoos. New tattoos. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. Sheep tattoos, right? You Doll sheep on your... What? Do you, you want to... You didn't congratulate me on my dandruff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, congratulations on your dandruff. Thank Lewis. you. <laughs> Jack, you got uh, doll sheep tattoos? Yep, a couple of them on my left arm. Left arm? Why did you get a doll sheep tattoo? I just really, really like sheep. No, you don't. <laughs> it was a story, right? <laughs> yeah, there's a, Glenn big Eberly. Yeah, there's a big story behind it, yeah. yeah and one trip specifically. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And then we have a new person to the Blood Origins podcast. Hasn't been on the Blood Origins podcast before. Patrick Tillard, welcome to the Blood Origins podcast. Thank you. Um, since you are new, um, I'd like everyone... <laughs> I clearly didn't say that right already. Lewis, can you tell the audience about Patrick, who what? Patrick is? Well, I don't get to say it myself. Oh, you can introduce yourself. You want to let Lewis do my introduction? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be on this podcast if Lewis is doing it for me. <laughs> Patrick, introduce yourself, I'm and then intrigued. Lewis can tell you yeah, yeah, okay. about you. Um, all right, it's going to sound like I'm on blind date. I'm Patrick. I Wrong. You're Pat Lick. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, second trip with the uh, Blood Origins team. Zim, end of last year. I wasn't allowed on the podcast then, clearly. Second I don't think we podcasted then, did we? We didn't, we didn't. No, no. If you did, you did it in secret. Right. Yeah. Behind um, closed canvas, tent doors, uh, whilst we all suffered from heat stroke. They are. But yeah, I'm here to um, basically document the guys doing their their great work. So I'm taking and phenomenal photography. Doing some photography, some filming. Um, what do you typically do? I'm typically a a filmmaker and photographer and journalist by trade. Speciali um, specializing in. It's a mixed bag. I do a lot of fishing. Fly fishing. A lot of fly fishing in the UK. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, and then basically anyone who pay me 50p to make an ad for them or something like that nice i usually say yes yeah 50p yeah make make note of that in the invoice voice please voice. Mm -hmm. um so yeah a bit of a change a bit of a change of scene to be out in africa for the next two weeks working with working with you guys awesome 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 Lewis. yes um most excited <laughs> about botswana i'm not you're not no why not I generally just think Africa wants to kill me. It does. Yep. Typically. Yep. Last time you were here? <laughs> um, oh, yeah, last what time. What ailment did you have last I had, time? I had uh, aggressive diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> Very aggressive. Before the water in the camp had been turned on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was running out of water in the system. Just For your shower, right? No, 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 for my flushing toilet. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> but I feel um, you have like a, a really, you just have an ability to get diarrhea in Africa. It seems to have happened, what? It's happened twice. this Four trip times again. Out it's, five. it's happened twice. Yeah. No, it's happened no, more. No, it didn't happen the first time. When we came in 21, I didn't get diarrhea. It didn't. All right? <laughs> and then when we came back uh, in, oh, I came back on my own. <laughs> To to Zimbabwe to film a leopard hunt, and yeah, I got a, I got diarrhea in the one camp where you don't have toilets <laughs> in your accommodation. So <laughs> pretty much every hour on the hour, um, I was having to just 
bolt out of the door and then run across the car park in the dark like at a but basic, wi- basically wild animals, basically right? it was there was lions and and hyenas around and basically i had sophie's choice when i got to like the edge of the light it was either shit myself <laughs> or risk being eaten and at every point i chose not to shit myself nice cuz i figured that if i got eaten i'd shit myself anyway so mhm mhm you know one was lose lose and one was just mm-hmm. lose and now this trip uh i'm not going to get diarrhea Okay, you don't have it. Right I now. thought you already said you had it. Yeah, you, we were literally at the Botswana you're, border, you're and you came out of the toilets. <laughs> and you were like, "No one will be surprised to know that I have to." And we hadn't even entered the country legally yet. You're making this up. Yeah, well, you were the one who said it. So how can I we make it up? <sighs> but you're better you, now. I you're better now, Robbie. You're better unfortunately now. Unfortunately for you, I've been documenting this whole trip so far on the Instagram stories, and at no point have I had to take a gap in those stories to have diarrhea breaks <laughs> i have however documented your incompetence incompetence several times <laughs> i have dropped an sd card that we have yet to recover somehow between the center console and the radio controller in the vehicle wasn't that a really expensive sd card yeah, it was my favorite sd is it, card it was 24 well. karat gold plated i'm pretty sure it? his wife gave it to him 32 gigs 32 gigs of 24 karat gold. Of beauty, of absolute magnificence. It was more the the thought, the generosity behind it for you just to basically go and throw it away like it meant nothing to well, you. Well, there was just a lot happening and I was dealing with the Zoom and I had, a, I had to pull the other SD card out, which I hope, yep, it's still in there. <laughs> and it just, butterfingers slipped through my fingers and it went to a place where I was like, I thought just, you know, <laughs> yeah, will you drop something that just goes under the seat? Did not just go under Patrick, the seat. Patrick, wasn't that SD card your wife's wedding present to you? <laughs> I just, I just really three weeks ago. She's too generous. I just really <laughs> enjoyed. I really enjoyed Robbie having to walk back to the truck after having to stop the convoy <laughs> to ask Patrick for an SD card to walk back to his truck to drop it and then sheepishly shuffle back one car to go. Patrick, I've dropped it. Can I please have another one? <laughs> and Patrick just goes, Jesus Christ, Robbie, we're trying to look professional for these people. <laughs> yep, sums it up. Sums it up. But um. Yeah, we've got a pretty good, intense two weeks in front of us here in Botswana. Um, you know, we've been working on this project for probably 19 months, 20 months to try and, number one, get the funding to be able to do this. And luckily, this falls under some funding that I received from the Weatherby Foundation, which essentially just prove what's happening on the ground in terms of, you know, what hunting is doing for people or what hunting is not doing for people. And uh, that's part of this this endeavor. So we've got two weeks here. We've got, we're hitting you know two or three different communities, being a little bit more flexible, learning right instead of you know we're, we've got some ideas of what we want to do here, and instead of rushing off to the next area, sort of like okay, hey, we've got a little bit more flexibility with some great um, friends hosting us here, Johan Karlitz and uh, Christian, and them just saying, just look, you you take your time, do what you need to do capture the content that you need and if anything springs up just be flexible and then we have bones our fixer uh official botswana and fixer who's helping us set up uh communications with the chiefs and the chairmen of the the trusts um and yeah these you know here in botswana specifically you know there's concessions all throughout botswana and some of those concessions are set up for hunting some of those concessions are set up for photographic so non-consumptive versus consumptive and um, it's almost like this idea that people just say, look, you know, hunting has no place anymore, specifically here in Botswana. 
And when you start understanding what we're trying to do here and convey it through film, what we're trying to do is convey that there is places where non-consumptive use is the key. But there's also other places where consumptive use is the key. And they blend very well in certain places, like here in NG41. So that's what we're here for. And brought the, the A-team like you guys did in Zim and Zambia last year. So um, super pumped to be here. Um, and it's been quite an adventure. What were we, day three now? Day four? Probably from when we arrived in South Africa. Second working day, yeah. Second working day. And we've had quite an adventure thus far. Yeah. I lost, I had a bunch of cable issues on the flight over, terrible flight over, turbulence. It was just a slight turbulence in the air constantly. And um, I lost my USB charging cable. I lost my Bose headset cable halfway through the night. It was recovered 10 minutes, you know, little violin playing. And uh, I arrived because I didn't have my cell phone on during the flight. And when I turned my cell phone on, when I entered into Joburg Airport, you guys had been here seven hours, eight hours already. And I got two sets of text messages, one from from Jack saying, you won't believe the story that we have. Thinking, oh man, that's going to be, you know, something happened. And, and then I get a text from Lewis specifically saying, you need to call us ASAP. Yeah. And I'm like, oh shit. What it, what? And then I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, oh shit. But I'm also thinking, is this a joke? <laughs> because we, we play pranks and jokes and, you know. Yeah, that was a good one to like. Robbie's going to have super anxiety. We've, mm -hmm. we've all had a little bit of anxiety coming into this trip. Let's just play a little bit of a, a devilish anxiety joke on Robbie and say, you know, shit's hitting the ceiling fan. And when he sees us at the, in the airport the next day, everything's going to be fine. I wish it was a joke, um, but yeah, as we as we arrived into Johannesburg, uh, we had all of our cinema lenses in a in a pretty big peli case, double locked. And um, I went to pick it up from the oversized baggage area and picked it up to take it. And I was like, mm, that feels light. And then I looked at the side of it and both locks were gone. And then obviously on opening it, we found that... The, How the, long had it taken? Had you been uh, waiting for the baggage for a long time? No, or was it, 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 just it like arrived pretty much the same time as our regular baggage. It was fast. It was a good smash and grab operation. And, and, we, and we were quick through from getting off yeah. the plane to being at the, at the belt. We were 10 minutes yeah. max. It was Not quick. That. It was pretty quick, but um, they'd taken four cinema lenses, a 70 to 200 G Master lens, and a 28 to 75. And uh, yeah, although <laughs> they were in such a rush, they left a massive wildlife lens that was right next to all of those. Oh really? So the it big, was it was the big bazooka was the in there. The big bazooka was still in the box, luckily. Um, visible, then, like big and wide visible. I had Lewis. I, I did wonder at the time, but Lewis had a load of, you know, like camera cube dividers, and he quite a few over the top of it so I just oh. think they didn't see it and all the other shiny lenses just distracted them and they didn't have much time yeah and they just uh, opened open yeah. there's a lens there's a lens there's a lens pom 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 close it lock it yeah. up put it back on the yeah on the baggage cart they actually did us a huge favor when you think about it because we're constantly losing lens caps with things and they left all of the lens caps for the cine lenses <laughs> so in when our uh, insurance does eventually replace them all. We all have spare lens caps. So really, we are the winners in this situation. So you have insurance. We have insurance. And I think we that was the, the main... When I was sending that message out to everyone saying, shit, all the cine lenses got stolen. Yeah. People were like, please tell me you you have insurance. Yeah. Mm. So. Well, you can't be... I mean, we break stuff every year. Right. So you can't not 
really in our game. We haven't done an insurance claim, even though we do break stuff. We generally just tend to pay for a repair, mm-hmm. um, because obviously it's such a factor. To, to you think they'll give you they'll give you hassles? Uh, I don't think they'll give us hassle. It's pretty clear cut that you know we didn't even go through customs before we uh, before we notified Virgin that they'd been stolen. So I can't really see there being any. You know, will they give I, you will I, they give you problems like can you prove that you had the case locked? That they might be one. They might do, but then we've got Patrick saw it, me and Jack saw it. Yeah. So you yeah. know, we don't have cut locks to show them, but sure, of course. You know, Plus. it's just it's just that's what you do with the Pelly case because they've got lockable holes in, um, and the metal's been taken off of one of the one of the um, bits. So you know, we can just say that it's been tampered with. But oh, there I can see it. Yeah, on the edge there. Yeah, yeah. the top so bit. Yeah. So there's it's you know is what it is. But um, but yeah, but then when you have to do a claim, you have to we have to like note down all of our kit. That's even the stuff that we already have and have and have at home in the office, and just basically lay it all out and mm-hmm. then and then say that this portion was stolen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then you know you have to be make sure they try to make sure you're not underinsured and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's just there's a couple of pitfalls to try and avoid or to be aware of with insurance because they're just <laughs> you know. They're a business. They're going to try and avoid paying out, but of course, it's pretty. It is, like I said, pretty clear cut in this case. And you have yeah. a police report. Police you have report. a crime yeah. number. Yeah. You have everything. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I'm I'm pretty sure. Well, when I spoke, I spoke to them just to report it, and they said that hopefully they they'll the first port of call will be to just talk to Virgin, get in touch with Virgin with our with yeah, our could missing you, could missing Could you do a claim down. on well, so Virgin? So yeah, so our insurance will probably approach Virgin, and it's you know if Virgin. If Virgin accept the accept the liability, then I don't, then it w- probably won't be a claim on our insurance. It'll just be a yeah. you know Virgin pay us um, or to replace it. And you would think that that was that would probably happen. Well, it's it's difficult because they they do if you if you say or if they they ask you you put a pelly case on there and they say is there anything valuable in it? Yeah. If you said no and then it got stolen, that's diff- that's you know that's kind of on you. Yeah. But what they like you to do is sign a liability waiver. Uh, so okay. you're accepting the liability for shipping it. But they never even asked us at the yeah. airport. Well, the guy asked us if there was tools in there. Yeah. And we we're like, no. well, no, there's no tools in there. Yeah. So we, they, they, we never took liability for that. Yeah. Um, and quite frankly, like I don't, I know there's legal, there's legal gray areas and there's <laughs> their policy. But if I'm giving you my possessions and picking them up at, an, at the other side and I have no control in the middle I have no control it's it's kind of on them well people get paid out all the time for lost baggage and yeah yeah you know lost baggage whether it's lost or stolen mm. you never know right but you get paid out yeah mm. because of lost baggage well there's no there's no alternative to putting it in the hold because no. they they give you 10 kilos of, of they give you 10 kilos of carry-on and so the only the only sort of alternative you could be you could say would be well I'll pay for another carry-on which we would probably do if we could pay for another carry-on then you just buy another carry-on bag to stick and stick I've above never the heard seats. About that. No, you have to go up a whole ticket class normally, yeah, which is massively expensive well, and no, way more you expensive have to go to than first I did. Class on Virgin, so oh, you really? can't even go to premium economy. You have to go straight up to first or business. So what would they say? How you know? Because you'd you'd have an argument now, like we had coming here. Mm. Yeah. You know, like oh, you need to sky check your bag. I'm like, I'm not sky checking this. Yeah. This is what happened yesterday here. You have an argument that someone goes well. 
you know, they say, are there valuables in there? You say, yeah, there's Sunni lens. And they're like, well, carry that on. Mm. You're like, well, how am I going to carry it on? Yeah, you can't give us... They couldn't give us enough carry-on to take all of our stuff. And there's no way of adding more carry-on to keep it in your possession. So you have to give it up. What, I qu- what I'm quite interested in as well is because... So we... So long story short, we ended up, you know, renting from a very... Um, Amazing Understanding... Well, luckily company. we had Patrick. Luckily we had Patrick who had contacts. <coughs> well, shout out to yeah, Owen Bruce, who basically had all the contacts, lives out in Joburg here. How do you know Owen? I met him on a film job in Scotland um, earlier in the year. Uh, oh, so it was a recent contact? Yeah, recent contact. I met him for a friend, um, but he lives out here in Joburg, has done for like the last 10, 12 years. He's a Scot, he's from the UK, but works in the film industry here. So luckily we just SOS called him and he put us in touch with a few people so yeah without him we'd have been up shit's creek but he was pretty handy hmm. got you contacts and then you guys ubered to pretoria over an hour away yeah picked well, up lenses yeah well that was the second guy we got in touch with because the first guy seemed to you know jack phoned him and he was like yeah, yeah yeah i can get you anything you want i can get you anything you want you know what do you want and so we gave him a list and he was like mm, don't know if i can get that but i'll try you know Can't, couldn't get sony fit lenses he could only get the pu mounts and mm-hmm. adapters and he said he could get them and then, <laughs> I think he would he, he message you for a He was talking about verification, yeah. and I said, and to, and I volunteered the information because I was like, I'll, I'll put this guy, like, <coughs> I'll, I'll give him a warm fuzzy feeling. So I sent him the Blood Origins website and our website, and obviously it's pretty hunting heavy. And then yeah. after that point, he just went cold. Wow. He just, he, I think he probably doesn't like hunting. Mm-hmm. And like Lewis said, looking at his WhatsApp picture, he looks like a bit of a simp. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so then this guy. Came up out of Pretoria, and yep. Puma, you had to put your, video. your firstborn down as a deposit. Yeah, both our firstborns. <laughs> Ten thousand pounds. Yeah, holy just, shit! Just as a deposit. Hopefully, we get it back. Yeah. Um. So at the you know one day in, no, not even that. Seven hours in to landing in Africa, we were down about twenty five thousand pounds <laughs> in equipment creepers. and cash, and we were like, great, fantastic. So it can't it. it and it's only got better from there, and we've actually enjoyed ourselves since. But I'm interested flying back into Johannesburg now with the same Peli case, which is going to happen. Obviously, we're not going to put the rented lenses in it. We're going to carry yeah. them on. Yeah, we're but we need fill to put the Peli case full of dirty. But laundry. we're going to put two locks, <laughs> the same two locks on again because we've got more, thanks to Patrick. Um, we're going to put them on, and we're going to fill it full of non-important items. And if that bag arrives without two locks on it, I think I'm going to slap the security guy at Virgin. Because that will have been twice. But you wouldn't be flying Virgin into Joburg. Oh, no, no, no. It won't be. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. But that will prove the point, especially. It'll be a bit of a trap for them. And let's see if they take the bait the second time. Because that'll help our claim then as well. Like, uh, it got cut down the second time. Shit. So we'll see. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Hmm. So what are you going to do from now on? Are you going to just keep the cinema lenses? We're never going to fly to Johannesburg again. That's what we're going to do. We'll fly to other places. Can you not yeah. put like a bigger lock? You on could, them? you could, and I think like they a tried stronger to lock. Yeah, I think they tried to steal it last November when we came here, mm. um, because the one of the locks was mangled, mangled, and the other one was a big heavy lock that they cannot mangle off. Oh yeah, and I reckon they tried it, couldn't get in, and just let it go. And because we had two, arguably weaker locks, but those locks are, are so heavy, it still wouldn't be worth it. Like every guy, every guy we spoke to when we were looking to hire gear had either knew of a story or, or the same thing had happened to them yeah it sounded like yeah. the guy we rented the lenses off said it was like a syndicate job just super efficient 
Yeah, yeah. Stick it on a well, plane. it must have been yeah. super efficient. Mm. Ten minutes. Yeah. They good. identified the bag coming off. I could imagine them, instead of putting it on the trolley, they probably just went. They had a side person working it. 100%. Took it to the basement. Did all the stuff in the basement. As that trolley rolled in, that thing was already done. It got put back on the trolley and got put on the carousel. Yeah. 100%. They're, probably all, they're probably all in on it because immediately as soon as Jack brought it to the Virgin desk, the guy was telling us it happened in London. Didn't even know what happened. Didn't even know the stories. He just went, oh, that's happened in London. Straight mm. off the bat. Mm. More than that, the first thing he said was, I've seen CCTV footage of it being stolen. He didn't even know what had been <laughs> stolen yet. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I've seen it. I've seen it. And you can imagine my face having just discovered those lenses are missing and now I've got this guy just saying like, Oh, yeah, no, I already know what's happened. And I was like... Oh, he's seen yeah. CTTV footage in London. Yeah, yeah, of That's it happening. What That's, That's what he was saying. Yeah. And he didn't even know what had happened yet. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, and then he yeah. asked us for a list of what had been stolen. And he could have just gone, well, you've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> you tell us, mate. <laughs> oh, man. But then but then, uh, what was weird as well, they're, they're definitely, it's so corrupt. Because then you go from Virgin, writing everything down, you get the report from Virgin, and then you've got to go to the police station to get a report. And obviously and they pushed they pushed us to not get and uh, not open a crime reference. You know, they were like, Oh no no, you're not gonna see him. You, you know, there's no CCTV in the back there, there's nothing. Um, you know, so we'll just give you an affidavit and affidavit and and we'll just you know, you can take that to your insurance and, and whatnot. And we were like, Well, I don't know if we can we didn't realize we we were obviously just coming off an eleven hour flight, right? Pissed off, knackered, and um and then uh, yeah, and then one of the policemen is like, "Oh, where are you from?" And Jack says, "UK," and he's like, "Oh, how many dollars have you got?" Oh. Uh-huh. And then he's like, "Why do you want to know that?" You should have responded to say, <laughs> "How many dollars will it take to get my lenses back?" Yeah. Well, we thought about it, and then. There's absolutely no guarantee he could just take a few hundred dollars off you and then you'll never see him anymore. No, you Who say, you? look, I will give you... Yeah, you find my lenses? I'll, I'll say, I'll do... I'll yeah. give you two grand. Have we got $500 here? I'll mm. give you 200 right now. When you bring me the lenses back, I'll give you the other 300 mm. Then he just run off with 200 <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Well, what's, he's, if one, he's probably, he probably doesn't know who... He probably, probably knows kind of who did it, but then he's going to have to buy those lenses off who stole them. Because it's not they're not all gonna be you know, not all gonna be sharing. It's whoever's got those in their in their possession is gonna be making bank. Yeah, yeah. So he would have to go and probably buy them off of those guys and yeah. he's not gonna do that. Yeah. He'll just take your money and yeah. you never but see him again. Uh, even at the police station they were all like, Oh yeah, yeah, this happens in London all the time and stuff and they were saying and they were all singing off the same hymn sheet, except for the one woman who's taken our statement who was I will like she was golden, she was really good. Mm. But the next day and we'd kind of had a, a you know had a fill of that kind of behaviour by that point, and they said, "Oh, and where and part of the opening up the criminal case, where do you think it happened? Johannesburg. It happened right here. No argument. Mm-hmm. The se- like the next mm-hmm. day. And I think probably our faces were like, try and fucking argue about it now because yeah, yeah, we're just exactly. we've had enough. Yeah, exactly. Kind of thing. Well, look, we got you guys were champions, man. You got replacement lenses. You know, we were all just pissed off." But now we have everything. We arrived in Maun to four-wheel drive vehicles, rooftop tents, amazing, amazing food. And then we bolted north from Maun. We landed in Maun. Maun is not the capital of, of Botswana. Gaborone is the capital of Botswana. And we headed north to a concession called NG41. Hmm. First impressions of the Mababi village. Patrick? It's hot and dusty this time of year. <laughs> 
freaking dusty, right? There's Very just, dusty. it's a fine, fine sand. Just everywhere. It gets everywhere. And what, did, what did Christian say? We're on the biggest sand pit in the world. Yeah. yeah. Patrick loves it. Patrick was just like, oh, dust picture. Oh, dust but picture. But let's be honest. It's, it makes for freaking beautiful. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. Beautiful right. filming. Everything's better with dust. Everything's better with dust. <laughs> Apart from, you know, maintenance. But I was going to be like a fake golden hour for two hours. For yesterday. a long time, yeah. 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 I, I, the thing that, what, what did you take home from t yesterday? So yesterday we were in the village all day talking to as many people as we could mm -hmm. about hunting, what they think about hunting, what they don't think about hunting, interviewed a bunch of people. One guy was, was almost like back and forth. Yes, hunting is good, but it can be better, which is obviously that's a good thing. Then he was like, no, I do not support hunting. <laughs> and then at the end he was, no, hunting, I support <laughs> hunting again in the same interview. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know if he was all there. But weirdly eloquent and had good points, <laughs> even well, if he but, wasn't but all there. But isn't that... Isn't that very typical of someone who... You know, when you, when you meet someone who isn't all there, typically they're highly intelligent. It doesn't really matter, because it, I just got the impression he'd thought about his opinions. Yeah. As instead of just accepting the status quo, which was quite refreshing. Yeah. Because I'm not saying that people here haven't thought about their opinions, but they, they're all pretty much down the same line, and it was nice to hear something opposing. <laughs> what was your impression, of, other than being, you know, dusty and dry, of yesterday's village? Yeah, I, I think it's, I guess it's, it's quite early days on the, the trip, isn't it? I know we're seeing very different places, but... Yeah, lovely, lovely people. Hunting is clearly, I don't know, it's nice to see a bit of skepticism mm -hmm. um, within some of the opinions because I think that's what makes it interesting if everyone, I don't know, I think it seems a bit scripted if everyone's just saying it's it's great. Whereas I think this is the area over the trip, right, where we'd expect to see a bit of, a bit of that because it, we really do back into some kind of pretty busy ecotourism wildlife places. So it's an interesting start. It's an interesting start. But I think as we get more remote, I think those viewpoints are going to get a bit more definitive. Yeah. There's going to be, the, the closer we get to the human-wildlife conflict, I think the more clear-cut it's going to get, for sure. Like it feels like potentially it's kind of what, what they know and is, is it works. But uh, yeah, I feel like as we move into some seriously remote parts of Botswana, that's going to become something that is really a case of survival. So funny enough, I just got a, a message, a photograph uh, from Debbie. Mm. Debbie has been the person who's been organizing everything for us out of Mound. And we rented two four-wheel drive vehicles from Chobi 4x4. Right? It's on the side of our vehicles. Mm -hmm. Thanks for renting us the vehicles, Chobi 4x4. And the bottom of their email... This is their statement that Debbie just saw. Trophy hunters are not welcome to hire our vehicles. What? Full stop. Please read our anti-hunting clause in our TNCs. Our terms and conditions. That's aggressive. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting, huh? Yeah. Well, anybody who's coming to Botswana, do not rent Chobi 4x4 vehicles if you're hunters. We won't send them any business. 
No, so <laughs> thank you for Chirpy 4x4. Yeah, thank you, Toby 4 But also, no thank you. Yeah, yeah, we'll tell everyone not to use your... Just their massive just logo that's going to feature in quite heavily in the film. No, in a hunting <laughs> film. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> well, that's we'll have to blur it out. I was just going to say we could just like give them, give it back to them with a elephant skull in the back. No, I'll just say, man, we hunted amazing animals. Thank you for <laughs> your vehicles. Lewis, takeaways from the village yesterday? Um, yeah, I think that was just, it's kind of the same wherever we've been before, really. Just, you know, you can just tell it's just nothing. They've just got n nothing. And they have nothing. The only resource they have, if they can manage it properly, is, and if the government allows them to manage it, um, is wildlife mm. you know obviously they I don't I have cattle here there's no livestock no, because it's north allowed. of the buffalo fence the buffalo fence is a foot and mouth fence it's a double fence yeah and no livestock is allowed north of the yeah so i mean so that's yeah. all they have wildlife is it yeah so that's they don't they don't have any crops in the ground here nope. because too many elephants not a single corn crop in the ground nothing no vegetables no nothing it's not exactly an advert for diversification, this place, is it? Because come something, an event like COVID, they said it was really bad here. Because no tourism means nothing. 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 You can't even subsist here. So the poaching went through the roof, went through the roof and was horrendous because they quite literally had to poach to survive, I imagine. 100%. So Which we would have done as well. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But it, the, the Botswana government is so restrictive in these areas that... They're just not. They're just not even allowed to plant vegetables that aren't from this oh, area, right. are they? They're no, not that's, allowed. That's illegal too. You yeah. cannot like here in the camp that I'm in. We're in. We ask like typically, most camps, like if you're having greens and tomatoes, it's coming out of the local vegetable garden because it's mm. a lot cheaper to have a vegetable garden here than it is to bring it from town, which is three hours away. Here, they're not even allowed a vegetable garden. I think Johan said they can plant corn or yeah. maize. But then the elephants smash it. Yeah, yeah but they, but probably in a very, very, very small, small area. Yeah, yeah. probably. Stuck between a rock and a hard place, really. But it's against the Wildlife Management Act uh, regulations of this area. I think my take home was that how female strong. Yeah. How woman strong the community was. The entire board, the trust yeah, of the community was chaired by a woman. And all the board members were women. And they were all voted in that position by the Mababi village. We didn't see very many men at all, actually, did we? Well, that makes sense. They're all away, working. Gotcha. There's either elderly men. Or, or they're drunk. Or young men, or they're drunk. All those men are away, working. Because there's nothing else here. Like, what else is there? There's the hunting lodges. So they're not, you mean there's they're photographic not even lodges. So you mean they're not even working in that they're not away for the day hunting, um, um, working? Oh, possibly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or do you mean they're much further abroad? Um, I don't know. I think both. But I think a lot of them actually leave and go work in Mount. Yeah, I mean, there's... Three hours there's for the week else. and then come back for the weekends or come back yeah. every three weeks or four weeks. There's nothing else for them to do around here, is there? No. Unless they can get jobs as game, game scouts or whatever. Well, that's it. That's the only thing. There's only hunting and photographics. Hmm. And we're starting to realize how how sort of tied in photographics is to water. Yeah, that's it. Where you have water, you have game. Like we drove 
two and a half hours to get up here. Hmm. Two hours, we didn't see a single animal. Not a single animal. Then all of a sudden, we saw impala, zebra, lots of giraffe, dacre. You guys saw elephant going into your camp because there was water all of a sudden. But if you live away from that immediate water zone, if you live... Well, that's the thing. Not they right don't. next to it. They don't. they don't bother. No, there are no communities. Hmm. So if you went west, if you go east from here, where we are, we would be like on the fringe of Mbabi, right? People could live out here because they're access to water. But between here and the next tarmac road, which is close to the Zim border, it's 220 kilometers. There's not a single person. There's not a single village between here and there. That's Why? Because there's no water. You and it wouldn't even if there, you know, if there was water. But even if they dug a well, it'd be brackish, like it is here. It'd be brackish, and there'd be no. They're not. Are they still in the area where they're not allowed to plant? Yeah. So no. there's nothing. They, there's they nothing can't even there. subsist. There's nothing there. And the animals won't even be there to poach because they'll be near the water. Correct. There's hardly any animals out there. So then the conundrum is like, okay, what do you do from a value wildlife perspective, right? Who knows? Like, do you hunt it? The only way you hunt it is you drill water mm. and maintain animals there and, and raise the animals. But they're never going to get to the diversity and density that they are here with the permanent water source and the sweet water source. But what does that give you? What's the financial motivation for hunting out there? Money coming into the state government. Jobs like this. There's 29 people hired for this camp, so you could hire another 20 people in that camp. And then meat distribution. That's it. So, so then the conundrum is, which we'll talk about tomorrow, is do you do nothing? What's better? What's better for this land between where we are now and 200 kilometers east? Is it just leave it alone? Is that the best option? Or... Do you think about hunting it, pulling some, putting some water down? The rhetoric will, well, that's unnatural. Happens all the time. Kruger National Park, Wangi, all the big game reserves have unnatural water sources for wildlife. So that's arguments flawed. You can't use that argument against that. So is it better to just leave it alone? And maybe in the future, in 20 years, 30 years, the Botswana government changes their tune and says, no, you guys can use livestock now up here. And then it will be taken over by humans and livestock. Or is it maintained as wildlife for hunting with a small select offtake through hunting and you get the jobs, the state government, financial resources and the maintenance of wildlife. Those are the three things. That's a lot of work for someone to go and do that from scratch because it's, it's not even like there's a... But hunters would do it. Yeah, they probably would do it. But then there's no guarantee that the Botswana government is going to allow you the quota and the diversity of and the diversity of quota, crucially, for you to make that. No, a success. there wouldn't be. There wouldn't be. The, the the quota would be elephant and buffalo. That's it. That's it. Like here, they've got plenty, plenty, plenty impala. Hmm. There's 15 impala on quota. Yeah, like two kudu, two, two kudu, two eland, two hemsbok, but plenty. Anyway, we're right at the beginning of this trip, so I wanted to get this roundup put together. 
to to uh, to release as soon as possible so that people can know what we're doing and where we are. Mm-hmm. Random place, about to have lunch. Go do some wildlife this afternoon. See the wildlife. Unless your wildlife. Unless your snivels take you down. No, I, I put some medication in me. We're putting we're putting bets on. Putting bets on when I go down. We reckon the meat at lunchtime. Gonna we're gonna knock, put gonna knock us down. Knock you for six. Knock me for and you're six. You're gonna be like, oh, I don't need the afternoon off. That's a is that perfect, is that um, what Robbie what impression. accent is that? Is that um, that's yours, mate? Yours. Oh, that's mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robbie, that was pretty you actually. Yeah. That was pretty me. Mm. I thought that was more. Um, what's the guy in the um, in the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings that he does? Oh, oh uh, Gollum. 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 That wasn't that wasn't Gollum. That wasn't Gollum. You'll know Gollum when he comes out. <laughs> so um, stay tuned for round two. Yeah, we'll do round two next week. What a hell of a cliffhanger that is. <laughs> <laughs> Anything, final words, Lewis? Yeah, stay tuned for round two. Stay tuned. Well, we'll give you the final words because you okay, typically cool. did a David. You did a David th- Attenborough. I'll just do it three times then, shall I? <laughs> Patrick, final words? Uh, yeah, looking forward to it. I think, uh, it's, uh, I think the, the big questions get answered by talking to the people here, and it's really easy to come up with what you think the answers are when we're on our sofas back home but when you're actually here seeing it experiencing it feeling it and talking to the people on the ground it's when it starts to all make a lot more sense so yeah it's going to be a pretty intriguing two weeks i don't think you'll last two weeks i think you'll be on a flight home you'll be going to mount and you'll be on a flight home looking at your eyes this morning when you told us about the hyenas outside your tent (laughs) oh yes the fear how close were the hyenas to your tent last night the visceral fear I can hear them breathing like the shakiness (laughs) in your voice what are you talking about I was a champ you you are going to run as fast as you heard hyenas outside your tent last night Patrick well yeah you too there was was heaps it felt like we were circled by them I mean Lewis is lying I was loving it I was beating my chest saying (laughs) come on at it no, I actually heard him say that <laughs> he heard me sneeze across the way in my tent. And he was like, okay, Robbie's there. He'll If he starts screaming, I can hear him. Yeah, or he'll hear, hear, hear me scream. And but hypothetically, and yeah, hypothetically <laughs> Robbie starts screaming in the tent next to you. Like really gut-churning screaming. Do you know what? And I, you hear I, I, gen- I scenario played out. <laughs> Robbie started screaming my name of come and help. I thought, would I go? And I settled <laughs> eventually of no. I went. I would go into the bathroom and zip everything down. Hang on a second. Like so the, the hyenas in the that kitchen have in Jurassic Park. I wouldn't go and help at all. Anyway. The, the hyenas that have breached Robbie's tent, that exact same tent, the exact same canvas. Your reaction would be to go and just hide behind the same canvas <laughs> and hope it works for you. I mean, hyenas. <laughs> you're gonna die first. If and then hyenas came like into the tent, you just get up into the into the beams because they can't climb. But if a lion, <laughs> if a lion decides like, oh, I I smell a Hugh Grant lookalike, I'm gonna I'm gonna shred this tent open and feast on his bones. There's nothing you could do. I think that's how the hyena's brain works. It walks around going, oh, oh, oh hello, there's a posh English boy in that one. <laughs> Let's have him first. <laughs> no, the hyenas don't eat posh English boys. Yeah, he definitely was close last night. I have videoed him howling. I don't even know if they howl. I, they're calling. It's a yip, isn't it? Almost. They're calling. Um and uh, a whoop. It was really That's close. It. A, whoop. a whoop. It was really whoop. close to my whoop. tent, and then you Trust the you heard them padding past your uh, I can hear the first past steps. your head. I, it just felt like people on patrol constantly around the tents, but <laughs> I think they were genuinely searching for a way in. And actually, I think they worked out last night that they couldn't get in. So what I would do when you go in tonight is check under every bed. 
and in every corner because I think they've probably planted one there in the daytime just waiting for you. They've got 15 padlocks to get by there. <laughs> <laughs> and lots of no, jackals. They're South, they're South African hyenas, they cut padlocks. Yeah. <laughs> and we had lots of jackals last night too. Constantly yipping, constantly yipping. Anyway, it's going to be a good one. Thank you, boys. Appreciate you. Jack didn't get to sign off. Oh, yeah, sorry. We've got <laughs> two more signs off. Jack, last final words? Um, I'm looking forward to leaving the hot showers and delicious food um, and wonderful um, hosting that we're having here. That Hospitality. We're having yeah, I'm looking forward to leaving that and just spending days with you guys in a rooftop tent in the really hot bush. In just eating yogurt. Just eating yogurt. <laughs> yogurt and Pringles. Yogurt and Pringles and Black Label. Can't wait. It's just going to suck, isn't it? <laughs> Lewis, will you sign us off as David Attenborough? Why? Of, uh, just because you've got a phenomenal David Attenborough voice. Okay. Stay tuned for round two. I don't know if that was that David Attenborough. That was yeah, that was. It was a very was. tired David Attenborough. Yeah. Do you want to, um, <laughs> I'm feeling very tired. I want to have a nap. Patrick. Will you describe the elephants that you saw yesterday in a David Attenborough voice and that will sign us off? Yes, we saw elephants and they were big and grey and had long trunks. <laughs> perfect description of an elephant there you go thank you well that's it for today appreciate you listening as always leave a review share it with your friends and most importantly do what's right to convey the truth around hunting